Good evening, everyone. Good evening, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast, the podcast where Steve and I chat about, talk about all things Porsche. It's uh, Tuesday evening. This is Friday's episode. We record these a few days in advance. Um, I've had a bit of a crazy day again because it's Tuesday. Steve, how are you? Hi, mate. Good, good. How are you? I'm sort of not exhausted, but I kind of am exhausted. I think I'm mentally we'll exhausted. We'll be in about five minutes. Yeah, I'm kind of mentally exhausted. You know how it is. You go up and down and it's just like too many things going on. Um, yeah. And I had to let some people down today about something and I'll tell you that later. So I felt a bit bad about that. So, But there's nothing I can do about it <clears throat> um, about yeah. this weekend. But I, I, I just can't. Uh, I can't avoid it and I can't get out of it. So it's unfortunate. Um, oh, you can't do the drive? No, I can't go. I can't go. Oh, I can't go. I haven't told everyone, and they'll probably hear this, but I can't go because now I have a um, a client presentation that's come up um, middle of the day on Sunday, which is afternoon yeah, right. in Middle East, and there's no way I can. Your get clients out of work it. on Sundays. Yep, because Middle East start yep. of the working week, Sunday to Thursday is the week, so that's unfortunate because that's how we're working at the moment. Um, That's a shame. Because we had to be in London to work with the AV specialists and stuff here, we have to work Friday because they work Friday, so we're doing Friday, and then we have to work Sunday. So really the only day we get off with some peace, except for bits of time here and there, is actually <laughs> Saturday. That's the only yeah. day off. Um, but I thought I could swing it. Like I thought I had it all worked out, um, that I yeah. could go to Classics at the Clubhouse. And, you know, I told Nick, who was on the first owner stories, and I told Ajmal, yeah. Uh, and I told Nick a classic series and then I thought I had it all worked out and then they threw this on us and it's just like, it's a committee one. So it's just too hard to um, get out of, unfortunately. Yeah. Sorry, where was I? Yeah. So that's, that's what's happening, Steve. Um, not no, great. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, uh, with all the money that I'm going to be owing shortly, work has to take a priority. <laughs> priority. <laughs> yeah. You got to earn it before you spend it. Yep. Well, uh, not that I kind of adhere to that, but... <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Sorry for that ramble at the beginning. Um, welcome back to the podcast. Um, this week, Tuesday, today, um, and like I said, we're recording this on Tuesday, a Porsche Good Owner's Story. Steve, I'm going to get straight into it. Did you have a time to listen to it? I, only, I know I only sent that to you this I morning, did. I think. Yeah, you sent it to me before I went to bed last night, so sorry. Um, no chance to listen to it, but I saw the pics, so I've got a rough idea of um, who you spoke to. It looks kind of interesting. Yeah, so um, David was on this week's Owner Stories. David from New Zealand. David's got a great story. Uh, he's uh, he's had a lot of cars. I think he's had a lot of cars. He's had a, He did own a 993. He did own a 964, Steve. Um, as he said, he had lots of um, German hot hatches. Uh, he's got, at the moment, I'm not going to give too much away because I always give too much away in these intros, but... His yeah. orange car, which I featured on Instagram. Um, Dave is not on Instagram, so if people are wondering how to follow him. That's why I didn't tag him. He's not actually not on Instagram. So if he comes on Instagram, I'll tag the photo, Go but he's not actually on Instagram. <laughs> um, but David, David is a friend of Paul's, and Paul was on an earlier owner's stories. Paul is the, uh, was the Porsche Club president of, um, the president of the Porsche Club of New Zealand. Um, Paul had the 3.2 Carrera, and he had the uh, 328 uh, GTS Ferrari. Um, and David has got the 1970 911 T 3.2 hot rod. Uh, for the Patreon members, Steve, I actually um, shared the images that David had um, given to me for the Patreon members um, yeah, cool. because I couldn't share all of them and they were great images. And I hope, David, if yeah. you're listening, you don't mind. But um, the guys on Patreon really love them. I mean, that interior, 
that interior of that 911T, did you see the picture on Instagram? It's just the like brown? sublime, yeah. That, yeah, that interior yeah, yeah. to me cool. is just those seats and the carpet and the colouring and, you know, yeah. he's just done a really good job on that car. Um, but listen to the story. I'm not going to give away how the car started because it's a bit of a surprise and it's, it's mm-hmm. interesting from where it came to where it is now. Uh, he's mm-hmm. got that 911 SC Sport, Stephen Red. Um, and cool. I, I'm not a big Guards Red fan, as you know. But uh, the SC Sport, actually, it's an SC Sport from the UK um, that came into New Zealand, I think, in the 80s. Mm. But it's an 82 model. I think it came to New Zealand in 89, he said. But what's really nice about that is it's got the Pasha seats. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you know how SCs normally have... Yeah, you know SCs normally have leather seats, got the Pasha. Yeah, right. Um, That Pasha fabric wear, I don't think I've actually... I've probably seen seen one from a distance, but I never really sat in it or whatever. Like, did you see the um? Did you see the seats that TGE off YouTube put into his Carrera T, his nine nine one Carrera yeah, T did. that he got um, did. from Gary? Gary done. Yeah. What did you think of that tartan? Yeah. Mm, it's all right. I'm sort of getting. I'm a little bit. I've got kind of tartan Pepita fatigue a little bit. So I like the Pepita. The tartan. I think. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the tartan. Yeah, I'm not I think a, it looks. I don't know if it suits the car that car properly. You know what I mean? I, I think it suits Aircoot. I don't know if it suits that car. And I want to get onto that because this new Touring that we're going to yep. talk about and this the Australian Edition one has it has yep. a similar thing. And, and I'm not a fan. I have to say, I'm not a fan. I think it would. I think it would quickly um, because it is kind of quite out there. Um, and like you know, obviously the benefit of all of these is that you can swap them in and out. Like. <laughs> Hence me having like three, four sets of inserts, but yeah, I'm not, not quite sure about tartan. Yeah, and I guess you're right. When it's on the lightweight buckets, it's not a big deal to switch them out, is it? It's a cost, but it's not a big no. deal. You could have multiple yeah. ones that you just switch out every day, every week or whatever if you wanted to. Yep. yep. Um, so anyway, David's story is, like I said, he's got the 911T, the 1970, 3.2 hot rod. Uh, he's got the 98, 1982 SE Sport, which is great. And he's got a Ferrari Dino. And I'm pretty keen on Ferrari Dinos at the moment, I have to say. I really like the shape of them. Um, mm-hmm. I like them. And then I watched that Magnus Walker video, which I spoke to David about, about, you know, mm-hmm. the next big thing. I like how they're easily to service. They're an easier car to service. They're like the 328. They're a bit like the 360 Ferrari. Um, I like his because it's in the yellow. I can't remember the exact name, David, that you told me, but the, the Ferrari yellow. Um, and... Yeah. I know it's underrated and it's not the special one, as he said, but um, it's it's a nice looking Ferrari, I have to say, and I love the interior of those. I love that that aircraft dash, Steve, with all the switch dials, and yep. you know, it's all very um, very very cool. I think it's similar to um, what Jason Kamisa has as well, and he kind of absolutely raves about it. So, oh, you're right. He's a fan of the GT of the Dino GT4, isn't he? He's got one. Yeah, he's yeah, got one. that's right. He's a fan of them. I remember that now. Someone talking about that. Maybe it was um, um, smoking tire. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a couple of videos of it and all that sort of stuff, and it comes up in his. I know you don't listen to his podcast and watch his vids, but um, what color is his? He, he talks about. Is it silver or white? I think it's not red. It's not red. It's not a bright color. I think it's silver or white. A very nice red one has come up for sale in um, Balgala in Sydney. Um, okay. If I was in Sydney, I'd almost go and have a look at it. And the price is not mm. too bad. And it looks like the guy's done a lot of work. And it's got the special um, – it's kind of nice at the back. It's got like a grill underneath the um, – around the exhaust, which apparently was a Ferrari yeah. option, a quite a rare Ferrari option. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a really nice one, Steve. And it's 
it's 130,000 Australian, which I think is pretty good for something because it's, it's, it's in pretty good condition. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. I don't know much about them, but um, they look cool. Yeah. Anyway, so that's David's story. Um, David's had lots of uh, other European hot hatches. He's had MX-5s. He's done track work, um, BMWs, yeah. MBMWs. Um, it's a good story. Um, take a listen to it. That's Porsche Good Owners Stories this week with David from New Zealand. Um, sure. Apple ratings and reviews, Steve, just really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. There's only two, right? I, I, I know <laughs> only. there's only two. Well, there was three, but the, one of them got deleted. So I'm not going to read that one because it was deleted. I don't understand how it got, why you would delete a review. But if the person that wrote that yeah, review but, understands why they deleted it, maybe they can reach out to me and tell me it's very strange, but it's showing up as deleted and it's not on Apple Podcasts. But there's two reviews. And like I've said before, the Apple reviews and ratings help us get noticed it's really pushed us up the U.S. charts. I noticed this morning we were 55 on automotive in U.S., um, which I think is the highest we've ever been, Steve. Yeah, um, cool. 50, well yeah, I think that's pretty good for the U.S., considering how many automotive podcasts there are in, in the States. Um, two reviews. Mm-hmm. The first one was great Porsche fodder, that word that I like that uh, Stephen from Sydney has used before, I think. Was it Stephen? Um, oh, was it Stephen? Was it someone else? I can't remember. Sorry. My memory is so bad today. I'm so tired. Um, but that was from Great Porsche Fodder. That was from Lee911L from Australia. And then the other one was the only podcast I count down the days for new episodes. Um, guys, you are really naturals at talking Porsche. Um, actually, I'll read this one. This one's a nice one. Guys, you're really naturals at talking <laughs> Porsche. I discovered your well, nice and, and that it's a nice story. Not that the first one wasn't, Steve. Um, <laughs> Guys, you are really you are really naturals at talking Porsche. I discovered your podcast recuperating a heart attack in December, and I've been devouring the episode Bloody since. Hell. You guys made me fall in love with Porsche brand again, and I've recently bought a bought a nine eight seven S with one hundred and forty five thousand miles, and spent a lot of relaxing time working on everything from changing IMS bearing myself to changing the entire cooling system. Fantastic wow. podcast, guys! Thank you, Andrew. That's from the Math Geek. Uh, in Great Britain. So thank you so much, Andrew, um, and I yeah. hope you are feeling much better. Yeah, get better. Bloody hell, that's huge. All right, Steve, mm-hmm. what's happening? Tell me a story. Uh, I don't think I've got any stories for you. A um, oh, singer. Tell me a singer story. What did you think about that singer news that I sent you that um, Stephen, um, I hope you don't mind, Stephen in, in, in Sydney sent me this morning. I didn't even know about it. Um, yeah, so I saw the press release, that was last week. Everything happened just as we finished recording last uh, Wednesday yeah. for can me. we touch on that? like about <laughs> an hour later then they, they started releasing all the kind of GT3 touring stuff, which is what we'll also kind of probably talk about a bit. But then I also kind of stumbled across this sort of singer announcement where um, I don't was know. Was that on the notes? Did sing- you put that? I didn't see that on the notes, so you yeah, didn't write did. it down. I did. Oh, you did? Just buried at the bottom because there's so <sighs> much shit on there. Yeah, it's can okay. I just interrupt for a second? Steve's exactly right. Like, we finished the episode, and then I think that afternoon, the touring was announced. And it was like, what the hell? You know what I mean? So oh, this week... Like, <laughs> it was 45 minutes later. I think I texted it to you because yeah. um, as I was exporting my audio file for you, it's like, oh, that came up. It's like, wow. Yeah. So yeah. this is the belated uh, Porsche-cooled talking about the GT3 touring <laughs> episode when everyone else has covered it the week man. before. But this is why yeah, it's yeah. late because, you know, the week below. Um, but the Singer stuff, so people know, Steve, Singer is now uh, going to be selling in Australia, correct? Yep. Through Zagame? Yeah. So Zagame in Melbourne uh, and Zagame, I think, also have a shop in Adelaide, 
I think. Yeah. Someone told me they're in Adelaide now as well. Yeah. And I think they're in New Zealand, are they? Because it said that Zagame is going to sure. be doing it in Australia and New Zealand. And Zagame do like Ferrari and Rolls Royce and things like that, I think, as well. So they've got quite a bit of uh, credibility up their sleeve. Mm. Um, mm. Stephen from Sydney, like I said, who was on last week's Owner Stories, alerted me to this. I didn't see it in Steve's notes. Steve as in Steve, who I'm talking to now. Um, but apparently there's a currently a three-year wait... And they're starting at 1.1 million AUD. Now, we all know singers when people buy them. I think in the US they say people spend another hundred odd thousand on options. Is that correct? Have you read that? Is that all? I don't know. I'm not familiar, but I would have thought that um, by the time you kind of specify, you know, all the kind of little bits and pieces that you're really going to be racking up the options on that thing. Wasn't it the fact that, or I don't know how much they retail, retail for in the US a singer. Uh, reimagined no, by singer. I think I heard something or read something that most people spend about seven hundred and fifty thousand US. So maybe they're only list price at five hundred in the US. Are they? I think they most people have spent about seven hundred and fifty US seven hundred fifty thousand US dollars on a singer. Um, no, as I we know, the auctions recently they're going for a, close to a million, aren't they? Already at auction for secondhand ones. Yeah, all the um, collecting cars ones have gone gone sort of relatively kind of crazy actually and that would be without the donor car as well wouldn't it i don't know is 1.1 million with the donor car or without i reckon that'd be without and um like i'm sure they'd sort of say we can source one for you but like i bet you when they first started like i know they kind of said oh look you know it's the perfect for us because it's the end of you know before the 993 blah 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 but um I wonder if they anticipated the fact that um, 964s would become sort of so valuable, so like you're tearing apart. Like, did you see on, sorry, another tangent, on Auto House, there's a grey 964 Targa that's beyond, was it 250 is the asking price? Really? Yeah, 250,000? It's, it's, it's over 200 and it's like, holy shit. See, like, that's crazy know. because the Targa 964 was so cheap. You know yeah, what I mean? Know. So going back to my point, which was like a singer, mm. a singer, you know, like you've got to, you've actually got to tip in like the 964 to kind of start with. And it used to be, you know, it used to be sort of like a cheap, more throwaway type, you know, thing that you could, you could understand them sort of taking one and then sort of effectively pulling it apart. And, you know, it, it's a skerrick of its former self. But now all of a sudden they're super, super sought after and they're worth like <laughs> 250 Oz. It's crazy. Um, yeah. Anyway, so Singer, uh, so basically Singer, founder Rob Dickinson, um, has teamed up with Australian distributor Zagame. Um, apparently, they've had a lot of inquiries from Australia. The article I read was in uh, whichcar.com.au, which um, was forwarded on to me. Mm-hmm. And it said that Singer spokesman said they cannot confirm existing model numbers in the region, but one new vehicle is set for delivery to Australia later this year. Yeah, right. I saw, I looked at it too. So someone's already bought one. I think I, I went to Singer's Instagram and then the New Zealand North Island Commission had been completed. It's sort of like an olivey green colour. I don't think I've seen that. Nice. Is it nice? I read about it just before. Yeah, I don't think up, I've seen it. only came up last week as well, like pretty much after we finished recording. <laughs> oh, right. So that's, yeah, I read that that was one of the latest ones in the article and another article I was just reading before we came online. Mm. I don't know. I think, you know, at $1.1 million Australia, if Australian, if that doesn't include the 964, uh, I don't know. 
if Singer can get you a 964 from the US, it's probably still cheaper than getting a 964 from Australia, right, Steve? But they just as but they'd be just as dear over there than they would be here, right? Depends on what state them, it has possibly. to be, I guess. I mean, I've seen some at Beverly Hills Car Club, but they're still like eighty thousand US for a wrecked, like a not a great one, not a great one. Yeah, right. Um, um, so no maybe idea. that. Yeah, no, it's weird. Um, I think it's a good thing. It'd be good to see them on the road in Australia. Um, I haven't seen one mm. in the flesh. Have you? No, no, no. I'd love to love to come and see one. Um, I'm sure it's um, special as I bet you it looks like um, a million bucks. Yeah, I bet it does. I don't know. Be crazy the insurance on that. Um, and also uh, car car related and knob related. Back to the knob again from last week. Mm. Steve's knobs. Mm. Um, the guy on YouTube, uh, that nine eleven guy, he had a oh, video. Sorry. He had a video yesterday. Did you see it? Um, I did. With the Momo steering wheel that he put in his 996. Um, yep. I quite like that Momo Mod steering 7. wheel. Yeah. Yep. Mod 7 steering wheel, the Momo one. That's quite a nice wheel, huh? Yeah, but um, if you're in Australia... You can't do it, can you? If you're in Australia, you can't do it because you're removing an airbag from... Um, so you would be completely fucking your um, insurance and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. And I read an article, and I went, I'm not sure how he did it either. He, because I read an article that even in the UK, you have problems when you get your MOT and when you get registered, when you have that in a car that's had an airbag and you've removed the airbag. Yeah, you can't, you can't remove safety devices kind of thing. I don't know, like, maybe there's a year kind of um, thing for it. Like, what well, maybe once it goes past a certain age, um, don't know. I actually always wondered whether an airbag would actually kind of um, work after, you know, the the um, explosive device would work after 25 years. Because, like, it's the same, like, 964s, um, it's common to swap um, the later 964s with the first Porsches to come out with um, airbags. But you see, like, tons of people kind of swap it out for a proto prototype or seven. Yeah. Um, and they look great. What's but, the difference between yeah, those two wheels, do you know? Not sure. Yeah, I'm one not sure dish on it? I thought everyone maybe, had the Prototipo one, but he reckons the Mod 7 was the better wheel. Maybe that's got more dish on the spokes. They oh, look very right. similar because they're right. very simple. They're cool. They're, they're way cool. Yeah, they're pretty cool. So basically you can um, – so I like what he did with his with the green marker and he changed the Momo yeah. to green. I thought that was quite cool. And then he got yeah, the puck, yeah. the puck he can get from Design 911 or whatever, the horn puck with the Porsche logo, which he can buy separately. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I guess, you know, if you've got an air-cooled, it makes sense to do it because, the, you know, earlier air-cools didn't have an airbag, so it wouldn't make a problem mm. in Australia, right? You're just changing a yeah, yeah, yeah. non-airbag to a non-airbag. But for our cars, yeah. you can't do it. So after that, of course, when I realized I couldn't do it, I started looking at the um, GT3 RS wheel again on um, nice. <laughs> on Suncoast for like, yeah. what is it, 1300 US dollars plus the cost of the airbag in Australia, whatever that would be. Um, yeah, so I was like, bit. I was getting tempted by that because I was so annoyed about spending all this money on this property situation. <laughs> I thought I'm just going to go and buy something <laughs> that, I, that I can enjoy. That you can buy enjoy. Really expensive. What yeah. about the knob though? Did you? Yeah. So the knob, the knob is yeah, yep. the knob is what I wanted to talk about because he got that from Stuttgart Classica, um, mm-hmm. which he obviously got the rod from Stuttgart Classica as well, mm-hmm. which I'm thinking mm-hmm. is the same rod that's on the. Col- uh, Poly copolymer black one. It looked like the same, and you mm-hmm. see the point he made because he got the wooden knob, which are the knobs which I swear are made yep. by the Dave Mason. I don't know if they are or not. Maybe I'm getting confused, but I thought he no. sold the Stug. Is it not? 
there's a Stuttgart classico and Lee Sibling mentioned it in his um, video because um, I, I looked at that. Skateboard material. Yeah, and I don't think um, the Dave Mason guy okay. does it. In, I think he sort of uses sort of like finer kind of timber and stuff like that. So. Okay, but anyway, I'm hesitant to buy the Stuttgart classico one now and that's why I think the lathe work ones like you're getting, I'm going to buy that instead and get Just it shorter because you heard what he said. Yeah. He said that it was a bit high. Too tall, yeah. The shift was too high and it made it feel like it was a longer throw even though he had the short shift kit. Yeah, I and um, I'm so that's a problem. I'm sort of ninety five percent sure, but I don't want to sort of not that that many people listen to this. But I'm I still reckon that Stuttgart Classica thing is sourced from a lot of people listen to this. You should see our numbers. (laughs) You should see our numbers seriously. (laughs) But um, yeah, it and like I don't know what you think, but not only it was interesting that Lee Sibley actually said that um, in terms of the height sort of changing the kind of feel for it but i reckon the proportions are all out as well the the size of the wooden knob compared to the height and the diameter of the rod itself doesn't look didn't look right the ball thing looks way too small yeah yeah yeah. so i reckon it's all uh um i'm kind of because that was one of the things that i was uh worried inverted commas about with um even the one that I've ordered from Lathe Works because, but it looks like the proportion of the black copolymer ball compared to the actual kind of rod itself doesn't look as out as what it did on um, Lee Sibley's one. Yeah. No, I think, I think from what he said in that video, that kind of confirms to me that I, that I cannot get the Stuttgart Classica one. So Nick, if you're listening, I wouldn't get the Stuttgart Classica one either because I think it's too <laughs> tall. Um, so I think the Lathe Works one is a better idea. And in the, um, in the uh, Singer brochure that Stephen mm-hmm. had sent me this morning, um, mm-hmm. Steve, which I did share with you, yep. did you notice you the gear knob they used? The, did you notice? Sorry? I think you can get that on, online. I think I've seen Oh, you can? Seen it on their website. Yeah, did yeah. you notice the um, shifter knob on the Singer? Which one? It looks like the copolymer. It's the black one. It looks almost the same. Oh, yeah, it's always been an option. But it's, it's black with, an option. but it's black with white paint, and I know you took the silver paint option. Why did you take the silver paint option for no, the I, I switched mine. I, I switched it. Back to I white? Went from silver to white, yep. Yeah, white looks better. I think you were wrong with the silver. I just didn't want to tell you. Yeah, no, no, I switched it because, um, <laughs> I don't know, I always sort of thought maybe silver would look a little bit more special, if you know what I mean. But um, but the white stands out of the white, so you can see it when you're changing gears. Yeah, it's isn't it like because that type of gear knob sort of sits on old alphas and stuff like that as well. But does the Singer one have like a little um, insert on the top of it? I think so. I um, thought it had a groove lathe, or something. Didn't have a groove around the top. The Singer one. I think it. I don't. Does have it, it have sort of like a laminate over the top of it? I don't know. Like mm, the Lathworks sure. one that's on order has like a groove that looks like you know there's like a literal kind of cap over the top, but it's just a groove that's um, etched into the actual. Um, knob itself anyway right right no i'm i, I think I'm, I'm definitely going to get one i do want one so but i think it I'll has to know. be as much as i did like the idea of getting one from the uk from Suica classica i think it has to be the lathe works one and um, and the one inch shorter like you've got once you've put yours fitted in your car then i'll know for sure yeah it's um i know that chris from lathe works he kind of sent well he, he doesn't send personal kind of messages out he's good to deal with like when you email him and you order everything but um i saw an instagram post where he sort of said that he's working seven days a week and stuff and that he's sorry for the delayed um the delayed um orders because 
um, it's well, 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 well late compared to what um, he sort of says like on the website. But, you know, for me, it's like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I just want to go back. We're talking about interiors on Porsches. I just have to go back to Stephen that, that, that's on this week's owner stories, actually. Oh, sorry, David that's yeah. on this week's owner stories. Sorry, David. Um, yeah. That interior, you know what I mean? Um, like he sent, when he sent me the photos, I had one photo and I didn't really, couldn't see it properly. But I really like yeah. the idea, you know, think about getting a 912, you know, and that interior, that, that, those seats in that tan leather, Steve, with that, that neutral accru type natural carpet and, yeah, I mean that that Just interior. I know singers cool. are fantastic, but you know, for for much less money, you can do an interior like that. And you restore your nine eleven or nine twelve and do that interior, and it just looks absolutely amazing. I think you know. Yeah, it's kind of got like a, um, it's got a bit of patina to it, sort of thing. So it looks patina. It yeah, looks kind of good, and it's this has got like the prototipo wheel and all yeah. that sort of stuff. It's yeah, he's very, done it. But that interior is just so special, elegant. like. You know, I know a singer is worth a lot more money, right? Than obviously mm. David's car. You know, I don't know how much David's car costs to restore, but sitting in David's car, it's still, it would be just as much of an experience, don't you think? Like when you look at that interior, it feels to me like it's a special place to be. Uh, yeah, it's different. I don't think you can really necessarily compare the two because a singer really is like effectively like a brand new car. It just looks like an old thing where yeah, this like wood is a properly old thing which would smell and all of that sort of stuff but it looks um it doesn't look kind of grotty and sort yeah. of tired yeah no it's very it nicely looks, done it looks very nice um what else has been happening steve did you go for a drive in your 997 gt3 that's appreciating by the second i did not um i haven't done anything i've been homebound because the weather was awful i wasn't so well um my daughter and my wife weren't so well, so yeah. So no driving. And, uh, no, but there's a there's a possible drive on the cards. Marco reached out to me last night, um, so maybe this Friday or Sunday, depending on how our work commitments are. Maybe Friday is a better day to go, isn't it? Less traffic. Uh, depends. Sort of depends on where we're heading. Um, Has Marco added anything to his car? Um, what's he done? He bought a kit. He bought a kit that um, sort of helps with the um, often faulty spoiler rams. So I think oh, he's okay. going to fit that. Um, don't know what else he's done. He did the tyres a while ago, which yeah, we already spoke that. about. How, your tyres are okay though, right? You haven't really driven it, so you don't – but no no issues with the, four, with the Pilot's Book 4 Aces? No, none at all. They're pretty good. They're, yeah. You know, like um, for the way I drive, um, I'm, I'm sort of more than happy with it. So pretty good. Yeah. What was I going to tell you? Last week we were having the conversation about my dilemma about what I was going to do with my 997, whether oh, yeah, I should, you know, I'm splitting, I'm splitting the services and I'm doing that. Um, yeah. Stephen in, a, in Sydney, who I've been chatting to, he, uh, he agreed with you and yep. said, just go to order house and just get it all done at once. Don't waste any yep. time. Um, nah. And then just drive it. Don't whinge that you haven't done things or not done things. Just get it all done at once and then uh, go and drive it. He even said that even for the front damage on the front spoiler that order house work closely with um atlas and he said you know yeah, you could just do. leave it with them and they just take it to them and and fix it while it's yeah, there true. so you could just leave it there and just get everything done absolutely true um good point like because your car's gonna i reckon your car's gonna be off the road for a little while um and you're better off doing it that way like um I, not that i'm a mechanic but i'm going to take a wild guess that the worst thing, the thing that they hate the most is somebody kind of wanting all of this stuff done, being really fussy and then wanting it done in, you know, two days kind of thing. Yeah, like, no, that's why I want to give them a few weeks to do it. You know what I mean? So I'm which think, is 
trying to get which is there. why i sort of think that if you can kind of get them your car before you actually kind of come back um as well the idea yeah no i think that's a I good can, idea i, I can think, help you with that i think that's what i have to do i mean i don't know whether they can pick it up to make it easier or I, I don't know but i think that's what i have to do i have to get it there maybe you know um i don't know beginning of october mm. We won't be out of quarantine in Australia till the end of October. We arrive back in Sydney on the fourteenth of October or something. So oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. You can, so then can you drive two. in quarantine? That doesn't really. What work, do you mean drive? We're stuck in a hotel. Can't go anywhere. Oh yeah, sorry. Of course. You can't yeah, do anything. You're um, stuck in a, a rat-infested, dust-ridden, stinky <laughs> hotel for like two weeks, courtesy of the Australian yeah. government, and pay them three thousand dollars, four thousand dollars for it. Um. What was I going to say? Yeah, let me know because I reckon I can help you with that. Okay. With the help of your brother-in-law and myself, I'm sure brother we can. Brother-in-law. Oh, Adrian. Okay. Adrian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, I'm guessing the only downside to all of that, for example, like particularly with something like body work, um, is that you can talk to Pierre uh, over the phone kind of thing, but I'm sure because you've not seen the damage yourself, like you probably want to actually, you know, sort of have a conversation, but. Um, the thing about all of this is that I just I reckon... Will. I will leave that. I will actually leave that. Yeah, mm. I just reckon because if you come back, you sort of sit in quarantine, you burn two, two weeks in quarantine, then you've got to do all this other stuff. And then if you lose your car for like another three weeks... No, I can't um, do that. It's I can't, a bit of a waste I'm of opportunity need the, for you. Yeah, no, I can't. The car has to be almost finished by the time I come out of quarantine. It has to be pretty much ready. Um, I don't mind it staying in line up. Even if it stays at order house, you know, even if I put it in beginning of October and they finish it a week earlier, maybe they can just put it in storage and I'll pay for it there and I'll just go and pick it up from them. I don't have oh, a problem with cool. that. You yeah, know what I mean? I'm sure that'll be cool. Like yeah. I've, when I've had, um, when I've had sort of bigger issues with my car, like, um, when the, um, top end was done on the 993 and stuff like that, they had it for quite some time, but the good thing about that, I'm not sure if this happens now, but like Grant used to kind of hang on to my car. And he used to drive it, you know, like every um, home here and there in order to kind of do a proper road test and to kind of um, to uh, look at it properly. So that was right. always really good. Because, and he, w- he would ask me and he would tell me. Um, so it's a good thing because then, like, if you've kind of got little niggly things here and there, he would sort of properly kind of sort the car out because they've got more time just to kind of look at it and breathe it. With yep, it. yep. All right, Steve, um, let's talk about new cars. Let's talk about this touring. Um, the touring that you've got on order? The touring which I'd like to have on order. Um, <laughs> I like it. Yep. I'm not sure I if too. I... I'm not, you know, I like it. I'm not sure if I like it as much as the point nine nine one point two touring, mm-hmm. um, but I think I do. Um, I think they've done a good job of it. They've still got the nostrils mm-hmm. at the front that you don't like. They didn't get rid of those for the touring, of course. It's still there. Yep. Yep. Um, they've got rid of some of the black plastic bits. Um, yep, Price-wise, just so... Let's just, inlet thing. Yeah. Sorry, intake. what was that? Oh, they just painted that um, really big expanse of black plastic, um, the air intake at the front sort of lower spoiler kind of thing, um, which to my eyes looks like a 100 times better. Yeah. And, you know, price-wise, it's really weird. Um, and I'm gonna, I, I wrote these prices down because I want the listeners to understand yeah. how Australian cars are so expensive, especially mm-hmm. for our UK and US listeners. You know, the UK price, this is a standard price, right? And I don't know if most yeah. people would get a standard Touring. Um, probably not. But let's just base it on yeah, the standard price. £127,820. Yeah. Right? So that's, two, that's 
That's about 230,000 Australian dollars converted. Mm-hmm. That's the UK mm-hmm. price. US mm-hmm. price, 162,450 US. <laughs> so mm. that's about that's about 200,000 Australian dollars. Oh, a little bit more, a little bit more. Yep. Um, yep. And then the Australian price, and remember, we're talking about the touring package here. I know we always call it GT3 touring, but they always very specifically say Porsche, don't they? GT3 are with uh, GT3 touring package with the touring package. Um, $326,800. That's off the road or on the road? That's off the road. So for the listeners listening, usually you add about 10%, correct, Steve, for on-road, roundabout? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know how to do the calculation. So let's just say it's about 10%. So it's about $350,000 Australian um, drive-away, no options, which is a lot more expensive than the UK and US, and that's because Australia has luxury car tax. All our Australian listeners know about that. Um, And, you know, in Australia, Steve, they have that, what do they call it? 70th anniversary edition, right? Yeah, they released that curiously um, pretty much at the same time. So in Australia, like um, Porsche cars have been uh, distributed in Australia for 70 years, so they're celebrating that with this um, 25. There's only 25 of them, I think, is there? Yeah, um, 25 cars only. Um, GT3 in, Touring's... Hmm, go ahead. In um, Fish Silver, which is um, referencing the 356 that kind of came out. Uh, Sorry. So Fish Silver exterior, um, it's got like what looks like a fairly ugly little badge on the side of the the car. (laughs) I have to say, you know me, I'm going to be one of these people that people are going to hate if they like this because I have a problem with this car again. This is like the other one they did. What was that other one they did and I made fun of the sill guards where it was all the text was all jammed yeah, into the sill guards? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't I know. I the colour wrong on that. I, yeah. I don't well, hate this one as much as I hate that one, I'm going to say. I'm not quite as cynical, uh, but wait till we get to the price of it. <laughs> I don't know. I like how there's 25 of them, right? I like yep. the yep. iconic fish silver grey colour, which is, like yep. Steve said, based on the first 356 that came in or whatever it was. Yep. Those Aussie flag badges on the B-pillars... It's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry, I can't. I, I couldn't live with that. I just don't like them. Um, they need to hire a better um, graphic designer. Like, I'll do it for free. Give it to me and I'll do it. Like, know, it's just well, so bad. I don't know why it's because we do, you know, we're sort of, we, we look at these things a lot more than other people. I don't know what it is. I mean, I like the graphite yep. blue interior. I like how it doesn't have black yes. interior. I like the color of the leather. I'm not yep. sure if I like those inserts. Yeah, I'm very, very lukewarm on that. But I guess I guess it's distinctive. Like that's one that's probably one of the things that is going to make it like apart from the fish silver, like that differentiated from when all the other ones kind of come out, I suppose. I mean, I like the crayon detail, the crayon, you know, the the marker on the steering wheel I think is in crayon yep. and you know, yep. and there's you know on the gear shifts of the crayon stitch. I like that. I think it goes well with the graphite blue. Um yep. you know, the the alloys look okay to me. Uh, the seal yep. plates I have a problem with because once again, it reads GT3 70 years Porsche Australia edition. Now, like, how much can you fit on a door seal? I'm sorry, but there's <laughs> just too much writing on that door seal and it looks wrong. Yeah. It looks wrong. And I know a lot of people get these custom door seals on their GT3, but honestly, don't do it. They look terrible. Those custom door seals, when you put your own name on them and they don't fill out the door seal or there's too much, you know, there's like your life story on the door seal, don't do it. You know, Porsche yeah. should have a limit of numbers. They don't limit how many letters people can have on these things. Even they do it wrong, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't know, Steve. I just like... 
it just apart from that, you know what I mean? Apart from that, mm-hmm. it's only that Australian flag and the door seals that bother me. And I'm not I'm not completely sold on the tartan inlays in the seats, but I guess I could live with it. Um, it probably yeah. looks better in real life, I think. That those seat inlays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that for me is just that I I don't I can't really remember tartan that I've actually that I actually like, so it's just not to my taste. But um. yeah, so this touring, like Steve said at the beginning, this was brought out for the seventy years of Porsche Australia. Um, Porsche's in a Porsche in Australia from the very first Porsche seventy years ago. Um, it's priced at four hundred ninety four thousand four hundred Australian dollars, which is a lot. So how much? How much over a standard one is that? Well, to, the standard to touring, as I just said, yeah. the standard touring in Australia is three hundred twenty six thousand eight hundred. What? Yes. So it's like more than a hundred grand premium. Yeah. So for what you're getting, but you're Whoa. getting twenty five. One of twenty five. Um, you know. So if you got number one which I think has been sold already, and I'm not going to say it, but I think but, it's probably gone already. Um, yep. But I did hear, um, and I'm going to keep this part a bit secret, I did hear yep. that on the road, if you want to buy one of these, it's about 535000 Australian dollars. Yeah, there's a half and million that, dollar car. that includes, you know, that price of in, in Australia, the 494 obviously there's a lot of luxury car tax. Australia charges luxury car tax. To protect yep. the Australian automotive industry, which apparent, which no longer exists, but it's which still doesn't there. exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's one hundred and one thousand yep. dollars Australian for the luxury car tax, which is part of that price, and then twenty five thousand yep. on road costs. So on road costs aren't ten percent; they're a little bit less. Um, yep. So basically, if you get that car as it is, how it comes, one of twenty, one of the twenty five examples, it's going to cost you about five hundred and thirty five thousand Australian dollars. Where the basic touring, like we said, is three hundred and twenty-six, which is probably closer to three forty on the road. So it's a big premium, big premium. Yeah, and like I was watching, um, uh, I don't, I sort of don't really follow him that much, but um, what's his name, Matt, Matt had obsessed garage. Oh yeah. Um, I watched a little video where he was kind of specking. He's got the option to kind of get a um, a new nine hundred two touring. And he was admittedly kind of going, blah, 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 like, you know, he's not going to go over the top with this because it's sort of more like a daily. And even when he specced it out in American dollars, like, and not kind of going mental with anything, um, like no lightweight buckets and um, all of that type of thing, he still managed to add about 30,000 US on it. Really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it really wasn't, you know, there was nothing kind of super crazy in his spec. He was fairly kind of Spartan sort of thing. Wow. Wow. So I don't know, like a a touring, a touring, you know, like if you kind of were lucky enough to get an allocation, um, probably would kind of get you to four hundred quite easily. And then if you go super mental, like you, you know, I think you get you're getting closer to this kind of half million dollars. I tell you what, I did notice. Um, I was talking to someone about nine eleven Rs, and in Australia recently there was three nine eleven Rs for sale on car sales. And I think they mm-hmm. range from five eighty nine to six, early six hundreds, mid six hundreds, right? Right. And they dropped a lot. You know, I looked the other day, yeah. two days ago. They've all gone. They've all disappeared. Now at that price, five six hundred. Yeah, because I think it was five five seven. I think yeah, I think the silver and green one was five seventy nine or five eighty nine. And I think right. now, when you look at that, whoever bought that car has got a steal. I still think the nine eleven R is going to jump back up to that a million dollar mark. I still think it's it's going to be a really collectible car. And when you see the price of this Touring, like a number twenty five Australian edition Touring, I'd rather have the nine eleven R. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, look, you know, we're, we're obviously talking, well, for me at least, maybe not for you, but we're talking fantasy land. I'm never going to be in this sort of position to even kind of consider all of this sort of stuff. But, yeah, um, but for me, I still, I really like the 911R. From everything I hear about yeah, I it, I think if you can get one at that price, it must be a great, great car. Um, I've seen a couple well, and they always, I've seen a couple, you know, I've seen one in London and I've seen a couple in Australia at, at uh, Scuderia. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one on the street, like, um, you know, um, remember parked outside the cafe across the road from where I used to live. Um, that was sort of really interesting kind of seeing that thing in the wild. They oh, look, that's right. They do look amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, they do. But what I was going to say was like it sort of feels like that 911R is the thing that sort of started this whole kind of touring craze because part of this conversation for me is that all of a sudden it seems like the touring is the gt3 to kind of have um yeah you know like the prices of 991.2 tourings apparently have just kind of gone sort of super crazy mental they've gone crazy um, in the us did you see that yeah. one that went for 350 or 360,000 us dollars yeah and like i get it because like apparently with a 991.2 they're more scarce they're sort of a bit more rare and everything but Essentially, like even with this kind of generation, like the list price is the same. Apparently, there's not a great deal different in terms of the spec. Like there's all this speculation that um, the suspension was going to be softer on um, the 992 Touring, but um, AP and Frank Volliser kind of said online on Instagram that, that they're the exactly same. the same and they don't, they don't really get what all the kind of kerfuffle is about. Did you um, like the green one that AP was driving with a gold, with yeah. the, that new gold wheel, whatever they call it? They don't neodyme, call it Aram, they call it, it something else. What do they call it? Yeah. Ne- neodyme, is it? The neodyme, is it? Gold? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that spec he was driving. That was pretty cool, the green one. Yeah. But like what I was going to say was that with the 911R, that kind of went mental because everybody, like they kind of said, well, everybody was speculating that there was no such thing as a manual GT3 anymore, which is kind of why that sort of took off more than anything else. Then they kind of counted that crazy sort of um, the crazy prices on it and tried to unstitch that sort of situation by then releasing um, the touring, the touring model. But all of a sudden the touring has sort of become this mega kind of sought after sort of thing, which like, to be honest, like, so if it was me with a 992, if I was fortunate enough to be in that position and I was choosing between the two right now, I think I'd probably choose the touring over the, um, the sort of standard winged version. Um, I definitely would. I definitely would. Probably an aesthetic point of view. Um, if I, I could still order, if I could order a 992 touring, if I had the money, if you can get an allocation, you know, in the perfect world. If I had the money, I would I would order a 992 Touring now. I would definitely order Over it. the other one? Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Um, I still don't think it's like an amazingly pretty car or anything. Like that that rear bumper, um, the cutout in it, when you sort of look at it in profile particularly, it's quite um, it's quite weird and odd. And I'm still not a massive fan of the um, the front end look of it as well, even though it's sort of yeah. body coloured. But I saw a 992 um, Carrera S in crayon. Or chalk, mm-hmm. whatever you call it, whatever the color is, whatever mm-hmm. state uh, country it's in, uh, in Canary mm-hmm. Wharf the other day, going around the roundabout, I was very close to it walking. Looked yep. amazing. It really looked good. I do like that color. I don't know if it just looks good in the UK, but it looked it looked really amazing. It just had the standard sort of wheels, and it just looked so good, Steve. Really did look so good. Yeah. Um, really nice shape. The 902 is a really nice shape. I'm getting used to the the back. 
it really does look better in life, the back. Um, maybe the Touring is the same. Maybe the GT3 is the same when you see it. I don't know. Oh, it looks just sort of really kind of fat, and it's a bit more of a caricature sort of shape. But and look, it's definitely kind of modern, modernised, but it's just not as pretty. But, yeah, I don't know. Just with this kind of whole sort of thing for Tourings, um, it is quite interesting because... I don't know. Like, there's a lot of talk online. I was sort of just surfing the 992 GT3 forum on Renlist yesterday yep. just to kind of get a bit of a, a taste of what people's kind of were, opinions were. And I think most people seem to kind of uh, their opinions sort of fall in line with what you and I are sort of saying too, which is our, um, the standard one is a little bit over the top. They kind of prefer a little bit of the subtlety, more of the subtlety of the touring um, but then there really is no difference because now there's no difference between the suspension. There's no difference between manual or PDK. So, you know, like it really is sort of kind of splitting hairs to me a little bit. Yeah. And I was listening to, I, I do actually listen to a few of the episodes of the, the Car Chat podcast now um, mm-hmm. with that guy. What's his name? Sam. Sam Moores. Yep. Sam Moores. I don't like all of them, but I like some of them. And I listened to the Magnus Walker one, I think you said, and he was talking about... Yep. Sam Walls is talking about the GT3 because he has the GT3 RS and 997.2 yep. or whatever it is, 0.1 or 0.2. Yep. Um, yep. And even he said he's not really tempted to get the GT3. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's what he said. And I think, like you said, a lot of people are sort of thinking about this. And I think it'd be interesting to see the sales figures between a touring package and the and the wing on the GT3, what's going to get the, the sales. I'm guessing the, the GT3 wing is still going to outsell the touring. Um, But but I think a lot more people are thinking about it. And I thought it was very interesting when I was watching TGE. I'll just quote him again, TGE TV and the guy that's based in London, people that don't know who he is. That yellow um, uh, Carrera T that he bought, the touring one, which he had one before and he bought another one. He said the other day that the prices in the last video, I don't know if you saw it. He said the prices have gone crazy in the last couple of months. He said the car is now... There's only like one or two available. And I remember when I was looking, there was heaps of them available when I was looking at prices. And he said that they're, mm. they're now 25,000 pounds more. Yeah. Like, so this price thing with Porsche, it's just widespread. It's with everything. Though. It's everything at the of, moment. It's like the bubble. I'm tired bubble. of talking about it because like pretty much like what, what Porsche isn't <laughs> apart from I know, McCann. but <laughs> is this going to turn what, people what away from Porsche though? Up. Is this going to, uh, no, apart from SUVs, but is this going to turn people away from Porsche where it just becomes... I don't know. You know what I mean? Is it going to stabilize? Is it going to come back down? Like when air cool prices went crazy and they came back down a bit, remember? They did come down and now they've sort of gone back up again. Um, it's a cycle. I don't think it'll ever. It's sort of like I think you asked me a couple of podcasts ago, um, you know, is it ever going to crash? Like, you know, I don't know. If you're paying 250 grand for a 964, uh, I think maybe that's too you much. Can't get your 200, maybe you can't get your 250 grand back, but like, like eventually... I keep yeah. going back that nine six four the green one, and I know the person that bought it. I remember seeing it online in Melbourne, and it was one hundred and forty nine thousand Australian dollars. And this was only just over a year ago, or just mm. when I got to Bahrain. Maybe it's twenty nineteen. I don't know, but say two years ago. And what mm. they've gone up by a hundred thousand. You know, the prices are now you know in the two hundreds. Yeah, look, that's the price of a GT three, and yeah. like you know, I've owned a nine six four, yeah. and I've owned a GT three. And what and would I you take? I choose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, I certainly know which one I choose, but I, I, I'm assuming that, see, like when you're getting to that point, um, maybe you don't have, uh, sorry, maybe you've got like a GT3 in the garage. It, when you're paying 250 grand for a 964, maybe, maybe you've actually already kind of got one of the other ones. So yeah. 
you're not really kind of choosing between the two, like, because um, you're in sort of quite wealthy sort of... Um, yeah. What comes first, I guess, isn't it? What comes first? What do mm-hmm. you choose? But anyway, the touring package yeah. for the 992 generation GT3, I mean, I think we're sold on it. We both like it. I mean, like we said, Steve, it's still got the bonnet, the, the distinctive GT3 bonnet scoop things. Um, doesn't yep. have the swan neck spoiler, of course, for people that don't know. Most people know this. Um, it's got that cleaner silhouette. Um, spoiler comes see? up at speeds, like usual. It's got the GT3 touring on the on the back uh where the engine is, you know, like the old one. I don't know how they've done yep. it any differently, but it says GT3 Touring, doesn't it? Um, you yep. can get six-speed manual or PDK. That's if you're not in yep. California. Um, California yep. has this thing where it's some outdated noise regulation in yep. the Californian Golden State or something that disqualifies the, the, the manual GT3 for legal sale in, in California. Do I don't sound, know how they do a noise test, is and it? um, it's in fourth gear or something like that. So it dates back where I think fourth or fifth gear was, you know, like arguably the highest kind of gear in a manual car, and it doesn't pass that test. But like when you t- test an automatic car, it's in top gear, so that's oh, right. how like a standard, like a PDK kind of passes, but. It's an antiquated kind of regulation. Yeah, and I did read a, I read an article uh, yesterday and I just wrote bits and pieces from it, but it said that Porsche did assure yeah. us that the regulations in the process is in the process of being updated, but not before the 2022 model year concludes. But then yeah. at the same breath, they said they gave no guarantee that a manual GT3 would ever make it to California. I think it's not going to make it to California. Um, so... It's scary well, because isn't California one of the biggest states for sales of of, of uh, Porsches? I think it's one yeah, of the biggest it, sales states. I'd say so because there's such a massive car culture there. But then, um, again, when you sort of read some of the just the chatter online, um, a lot of the guys in California, like because that's where you know Matt Farrer and Johnny Lieberman and all those guys are kind of based, they sort of um, joke about the fact that half the kind of expensive cars um, in California are, is it Montana plates? Because um, yeah, there's the tax lower reduction tax or whatever. There. So like most of the cars actually. So I guess you can just buy it in Montana and drive it in. Yeah, so heaps of people, like heaps of the kind of people that probably can afford to um, buy these cars have these little loopholes anyway, like tons of people driving around on Montana plates and other kind of plates anyway. Yeah. Anything else about the Touring? No, I was just going to sort of say, like, just in principle, this kind of touring thing. I don't know, like, the reverse the reverse argument, like, where people are kind of going, oh, why would you buy a GT3 if it doesn't have a spoiler on it? Because that's, you know, that's the whole kind of premise of it. it Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why you'd buy it? Yeah, you go. Because yeah, yeah. the touring package matches the regular GT3 for speed. There's no different. Acceleration and top speed figures yeah, yeah. for the for the, for the the touring package is exactly the same as the wing gt3 i think it's 3.9 or 3.8 seconds um in manual um and i think the top speed was almost is it 198 or 199 miles per hour or something like that it's the same yep but none of us ever hit top speed like you know unless we're in germany on an autobahn and even then sounds like it's a bit harder to yeah but you know what i'm saying though just because it's got a wing doesn't mean it goes any faster it's actually the same, you know what I mean? No, yeah, and all those, it's in, it's just interesting the evolution of a GT3 because, like, we're talking, a, what, how long has it been around now? 20-something 20, 20 years? 996, so what's that, 20 years? 
21 years. Yeah. 22 years. Well, when you 1999. About, when you think about when it was first released, it really was a homologation kind of thing. Like it was for like, you know, track guys, motorsport things. Um, so I guess, you know, like you think about the experience my uncle had where back in those days, like the dealer told him, oh, you know, it's not for you um, because, you know, like they really were kind of going, this car is for people that really want to take their car to the track sort of thing. And it's not like an everyday kind of street car. Then, you know, as it evolved, like a 997 sort of had traction control and those sorts of things. Um, it still was more like a track car, but, you know, like you could drive it to the track, fang around and then drive home again, and it was all kind of cool, no trailering. Um, it had PASMs, so, you know, it became more and more kind of comfortable. I don't think, I'm not sure they really ever marketed it as a car that you could literally kind of daily um, but obviously a 991, definitely because it was PDK and it was far more comfortable and stuff like that, that became sort of like a daily car as such. You could use it daily if you really, really wanted to. And this is sort of technology. I, I suppose the same thing kind of applies to uh, M3 is probably like the wrong analogy, but um, it is very sort of similar. Um, so like when you think about it, like, a GT3 back in the day really was like the kind of bewinged kind of track car, but it really has kind of evolved with the times. And I kind of can understand this whole sort of touring thing, but it's just changing. I guess it's just changing, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. It also sort of feels like it. back in those days, it was a much narrower kind of um, market, like the audience for a GT3 was far, far narrower. And yeah. now because it's become this thing into its own, like everybody kind of wants one. So they've had to make it more accessible, less polarizing, less specific. But even um, when you bought your car only seven years ago, it was still a lot narrower. You know what I mean? There was still a lot oh, less yeah. people into it. It was the 991 that where it all started, wasn't it? It was the 991 that kind of started yeah. the push. Um, yeah. Look, I like the touring, you know, it, when it came out in 2017, I think I did a YouTube video and I think I might've not been so impressed with it. I thought it was a bit, you know, why would they want to do it? Um, I understand it more now and I think it's great. And I would take one, you know, out of all the range of the, of the new 911s and money was no object, I would definitely take the 911 uh, touring package, GT3 touring package. Um, I didn't realize though, Steve, that the yeah. touring package actually came back. It was, it was in Porsche's history from, did you read this? The 911 Carrera RS, RS from model year 1973. That's yeah, where touring yeah. package came from. I didn't realize that. Yeah, you did. Because like did that's the classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you it? did. Like it, the classic seventy three RS. It, but it was came a touring in, package. Like, I didn't realize it was good. Touring, touring package was just like um, similar to similar conversation with nine nine seven, where it's got more comfortable seats. Oh, that was it. Um, I don't know what else like was in there. Like sort of slightly modified. It was just a slightly different. Um, like because they're seats for touring, like you know for uh, right. of, um, yes, long yes, trips yes. and everything. So. And I would uh, leave yeah. in the touring package GT3. I don't. I'm guessing yeah. you can option it with lightweight buckets. I would keep the standard seats. I wouldn't get the lightweight buckets. I'd get the buckets. I wouldn't. I'd leave it. I think. Ah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I definitely. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. You're right, actually, because then you can put the inserts in it. You can get the Pepita inserts. Maybe you're right. I think that one's very specific to people. I think ceramics. I think ceramics. Ceramics and maybe lightweight buckets. That's it. Yeah. The seats are just, I was just going to say that um, I think that's very specific to people's kind of body shape. Like I'm taking a guess that, you know, like I'm only sort of 
you know, five nine if that. I'm five nine, five nine and a half, pretty sort of skinny. So buckets sort of suit me perfectly. Like I can fit in uh, fit in it quite well. It's very comfortable. The thing about it is I'm assuming that it is a little bit harder to kind of get in and out of the car, but there's a trick to it. Like yeah. um, well, it's the put, same as any you rest portion. your hand on the door sill. Yeah. Yeah. You rest your hand on your door sill, you push up with your arm, and then you don't rub against the bolster. It's not that yeah. bad. I know you told me that so, and I do that all the time now. I do that yeah, all the time. Um, it's the easiest way to get but out a lot of, of my car even when I get in. Cause, a mm. lot of people complain about how impractical they kind of are um, on an everyday scale. And I don't uh, I don't really sort of think that, but maybe I'm a bit more kind of careful mm. or whatever. So. You're probably right. It's probably good. You get manual though, right? You wouldn't get PDK. Yeah, has to be manual. No, I think it's good. I think Porsche's done it again. I mean, like I said, if you can get an allocation, which you probably can't, and then, you know, you still have to have the money to pay for it, so... Anyone that gets one, I think, has got a has got a great car. That's for sure. But it's interesting. This you know touring package, Steve. Prices are going crazy, yeah. like you said, for the nine hundred one point two. You know the demand for this yeah. is going to be crazy. Even the nine eleven Carrera T, you know, entry level, that special one, which people overlooked. The prices are yeah. going up on that, and then the nine eleven R, we know, is going to go back up in price again as well. So it's. You know, yeah. it's um, look what happened to the Sport Classic 997, you know. No one wanted them and they were sitting there for low money for quite some time and then they just went crazy. Yeah. What um, what colour would you get? GT Silver. You did? <laughs> I don't cool. know. I quite like it. You know what? You know what? On, yeah. In Australia, I just tell the listen. there's a couple of 911 Carrera S's for sale in Australia at the moment. Have a look. Mm-hmm. I think there's one at, um, it could be at Scuderia, I don't know, and there's a private sale. There's a lava orange 911 Carrera S. Mm-hmm. There's a Miami blue 911 Carrera S. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one I saw. But I don't know why. That Miami blue in just the standard 991.2 Carrera S looks yep. really cool. <laughs> like it's just yeah, like it's just it. nice not to see it in a gray, white, black, you know. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I think the blue's better than the orange. I think the blue really suits it. It just makes it a little bit more special. You know what I mean? Uh, speaking of orange cars, I don't think it was lava. There was a there was a picture online of um, a standard 992 GT3, the new one, but it, somebody orange. took the wing off it. It was orange, the orange one. Did you see that? I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Uh, it looked quite good. <laughs> so somebody had basically kind of taken the um, swan neck wing off, but it's wow. still got that little kind of ducktail spoiled it, and it looks oh, it nice. actually looks quite cool. David's orange is nice. That's I think he said it was signal orange. The, his, um, okay. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what he told me it was. Um, yeah. I just want to do one thing before we go, Steve, because we're almost at the end. Mm-hmm. I just want to do a shout-out, Steve. Um, I did a post on my mm-hmm. Instagram on Porsche Cool. If you haven't been to Porsche Cool before on Instagram, go across and follow. Um, I just did. A, I just mm-hmm. want to do a shout-out for Rint Vehicle Design in the UK. Uh, Rint has a lot of great mm-hmm. cars. Um, Brian reached out to me. And I just want to, just want to read this out. He has a... Uh, he has a charity full day, full track day at uh, at Thruxton on the 1st of July. Um, mm-hmm. It's for charity uh, and cool. it's on the 1st of July. You have to contact him. So I guess the best thing to do is go to Rint Vehicle Design on Instagram. Um, if you go to Rint Vehicle Design on Instagram, just send him a DM. Um, but it's a, it's a track day in aid of skin cancer, July the 1st, uh, and it's at uh, uh, the Thruxton Circuit. 1st of July. It's limited spaces, uh, Porsche-only event. 
Um, and that's on. He asked me if I was going and I said, no, I have to work. So that's just a, a bit of a shout out there because I really like Rin Vehicle Design. I love the cars they have. Um, yeah, and I know cool. that Simon, Simon Jessup, the photographer in the UK that I speak to, he takes a lot of photographs for um, Brian. And I think that's how Brian um, heard about me and reached out to me. So just wanted oh, to say okay. that. Um, and I was think I noticed they're working on TGs. Um, yeah, the Targa. That was a bit like, of a mess, wasn't it? It looked like it was a good yeah, example and it had so much rust in that car. Yeah. Yeah, well, it just kind of goes to show you can't really sort of, just because you can't sort of see it visually. Um, yeah, that's the like, problem, isn't it? I'd never seen that type of um, sort of uh, thing on um, restoration, like the metalwork, that uh, French guy sort of doing his... Um, his craftsmanship on sort of cutting, you know, bits of panel out and then yeah. sort of shaping and everything. He was doing it's a good job, impressive. wasn't he? He was doing a good yeah. job. Did you hear that on um, cool. Spike uh, about Zuckerman talking about his speeds to how it's been with Will Hoyt restoration in the US <laughs> for four yes. years? But yes. did you hear what it was? It wasn't really Will Hoyt's work that was holding it up. It's getting – there's only a handful of really good metal workers. Did you hear that? Oh, okay. And he said no, the no, metal working is really like a, such a specialist thing and there's only a handful of them. So – you're booked in. But if someone more important comes in above you, then they'll just take your spot. So a lot of the waiting yeah, time... more important than Zuckerman, apart from uh, Yeah, Seinfeld. but a lot of the waiting time <laughs> is for the is for the, the specialist body workers to... to yeah. You know, like, that's just crazy. Imagine having a car four years, four years in restoration. Well, luckily for Zuckerman, he's got like four million other cars. <laughs> and the price has gone he's up got... probably double since he bought it as well. You know what yeah, I mean? He's... And you have so many other cars. Um, I was thinking about... Mm? He's got plenty of other nice cars to tool around in. Oh, he's got so many. I was thinking about the color in the GT3 Touring Steve, before we go. Yep. I've got yep. this thing for Dolomite. Is it Dolomite Silver at the moment? I don't know why. Uh-huh. I think it was from Jerry Seinfeld uh-huh. talking about it. And I still really like that blue. Um, and I like it in the GT3 with the wing, actually. Um, Genetian, uh, is it? Genetian? Gen- oh, Gentian. Gentian Blue Metallic. I really genital like... Genital Blue. You mean Genital Blue? Genetian Blue Metallic. I really like that. I like it with the black satin black wheels on the GT3. If you go to the configurator and put it in, it looks mm-hmm. pretty special. Um, and I think if you get the carbon ceramics with the yellow brakes, it'll look even better than the red brakes. Um, so that would be my choice, I think. What would you get? Yeah, I think I'd go. I think I'd go like something like a GT Silver. I still like that whatever it was, Thetis Azura, sort of like silvery blue. Yeah. Like I mean, it's all color. PTS colors too. You can pick whatever you want. You pick a Ferrari color. Yeah. <laughs> a Ferrari. Um, yeah, no, I think it looks better in sort of subtle colors. So um, that's what I would do, but yep. I'm never going to be in that spot. So. All right. Touring, touring, touring. That's the end of the touring episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Steve and I enjoyed talking about it. Like I said, we're not really late. We're sort of just, you know, it's just the way the podcast worked out each week. But um, Yeah, it's all cool. It's all good. All right, Steve, let's call it a day. Thanks, mate. Cool, mate. All good. Take care. Have a good week. Yep, you too. Don't burn too much money. Yeah, I know. Um, Don't earn too much or spend too much? Burn. Burn. It's it's going to burn very quickly, I tell you. It's going to burn very, very quickly. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening to the Porsche Cool Podcast. My name is Michael Barth. That was Steve coming in from Sydney, Australia. Um, that's about it. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.